episode of Academy Outcasts, which is a education of cinema from one throne to another. I'm Morgan Spatola. I am the Thomas Jernigan. So each week, Thomas uh, sends me a really good list of movies that I may or may not have seen. Uh, spoiler alert, I have not seen most movies. So um, we're going to... In gonna... general. <laughs> In general. Most good movies. So we're going to go over this list and then we'll pick a movie that I have uh, shockingly not seen and review it together. So Thomas, tell me a little bit about you and why are you qualified to be my co-host? Why am I qualified? Because I'm pretentious and smug enough to pretend I know a lot about film. Okay. But in actuality, it is my passion and I studied it for about two years in school up until I was basically saying, hey, you can't get into the, the film college. And I'm like, okay, screw you. I'll just... Why couldn't you get into the film college? It was ridiculous. So I, uh, they, first of all, I'm not going to trash talk the school that I went to, but they thought of themselves as a little too prestigious as they probably are. Um, and anyway, yeah, I, I applied like twice. I had the grades. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't like making short films all of my life like some of the other freaks I got in. But... <laughs> I mean, you know, you had some people, I remember taking one class, I was allowed to take, like, upper tier classes, and I would sit next to people, and I'd be like, hey, man, what's your favorite movie? Like, what's your kind of genre? I remember people, like, in the film college who are going to be graduating with film degrees, like, are going to Hollywood and, like, basically probably not going to make it, um, basically they're saying, like, yeah, my favorite movie is uh, Fight Club and Scarface, and I'm like, dude, get out of here. How, how is it that you... You are in the film college. I'm not. I'm gonna stop you here. Stop me. So you're. They, so they thought they were really prestigious. Can you name three cool, famous film people that came from this supposedly prestigious film school that you tried to yeah. get into? Yeah, I can. Greg, oh, you can. Yeah, Greg. Okay. Greg can. Or not the film school, but the actual school itself. No, like the went. film school. Like, why were they so oh, prestigious? No, like, no. did anybody famous ever no. come out of the film so school? So Jerry Bruckheimer went to this school. He did not major in film or anything like that. I think he actually majored in like mathematics, which is really weird. I don't know who that is. You know who Jerry Bruckheimer is? Okay, so this is and the so reason. It starts. This is the reason why we're having these podcasts because <laughs> she doesn't know huge major names like that. So what does he do? She hasn't seen movies that normal people do. So anyway, Jerry Bruckheimer, Jerry Bruckheimer the famous is mathematics guy. Yeah, is one of the most well-known, most successful. Uh, producers. Well, it can't uh, be that great because I didn't know him. Oh yeah, you know him. So he, he, he <laughs> he's worked on some movies. He's he's, ba he's basically done like half of Michael Bay's uh, movies. I know who Michael okay, Bay is. Okay, he's done like half of his movies. Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Okay. He's worked. He's partnered with Disney for I don't know how many films. Um, anyway, the dude makes money. He puts okay. together movies and he makes he makes uh, relatively decent movies and they're all like action and everything like that. Anyway, so uh, Jerry Bruckheimer went to my school. Uh, Kristen Wiig and oh. Greg Kinnear. Uh, John, uh, Greg I don't know who that is either. I know Kristen Wiig though. But again, none from the film school. Anyway, so I studied it. I actually dropped. I was so passionate. I dropped out of this university and then like went to just like the, the community college in Tucson and just like studied it for two years. But anyway, I can tell I'm, more, I'm boring Morgan right now. So we're no. <laughs> anyway, so yes, I um, I what what I do is I just watch films like over and over. And before we started this recording, Thomas told me that he has Wait, over... don't tell him that. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> over 225 DVDs out there in the yes. living room. Oh, another thing on this contrast between Morgan and I is yeah. that 
her TV. Oh yeah. My computer is bigger than her TV. My TV is about as it's in between the size of his desktop computer screen and my laptop yeah. computer screen. Yeah. Because I don't watch television or movies. I know. She listens to podcasts, and that's why she is El Capitan yes. of these podcasts. I love podcasts. Uh, no, but you're good at it, too, because... Oh, well, thank you. You have, you enunciate, you have a big voice, and, and you're passionate. He's so nice. I know. Uh, that's why I keep him around. Yeah. No, and I can't do this alone. So yeah, no, I like I like podcasts. Or else I would. <laughs> no, um, I like podcasts. I, I enjoy the audio art form. I don't really know anything about audio editing, but I'm teaching myself. What else? I I am a creative type also, just not about movies. Yeah. Um, I usually just I I dance and I. But what Morgan's good at is just like never sputtering out she always has energy she, oh. always, she always needs to be doing something <laughs> that's she's true never just like yeah okay i guess so that's you nice. know if she puts her mind to something that is bam. true i do like to be busy yes okay so what kind of movies do you like okay so um aside from all of them aside from all of them i know, see okay i like the question that what kind of movies do you like because when people ask me what's your favorite movie mm -hmm. that is undoubtedly an impossible question to answer. I knew I knew that I shouldn't ask you that. Yes, so. because it, for any, I I, I, actually I think that. that's that's how I weed <laughs> that's how I weed out people uh -huh. on whether they're truly passionate about a film. Because if you ask them what your what your favorite movie is and they actually have an answer for you, then you almost like kind of look at a mod because like really out of all the amazing things out there, you specifically have one singularity of your favorite it's just i don't know it's just kind of a red flag you are You're, pretentious i am very pretentious oh, and smug so good. and i'm i'm I okay know, it's making it's it's making me come off like a, a no I, I was joking okay what kind <laughs> anyway. of okay what kind anyway, of okay, yes. you like? tell to, me to answer your question yeah i i like a little bit more kind of an ambiguous kind of suspenseful uh kind of kind of thriller you know i really like uh stanley kubrick i really like christopher nolan um really like gore kubinski uh you know again it's a kind of you know, it's uh, there's a mystery behind things, and okay. it's a little bit darker, and you kind of don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Um, no, let me throw it back at you. What kind of movies do you like? I like comedy movies. Yes, you do. That's pretty much it. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, yeah, I like funny movies, and I like weird, campy movies. Okay. So, like, anything, like, strange and, like, that you think most people have. Like, I have actually seen example. some of the weird ones. Well, I'll, I know we're going to go over the list, but I'll pull one off your list. Um, uh -oh. My 21st birthday was Big Lebowski themed. Ha ha, yes. And we went to the bowling alley and we drank white Russians ha, for my 21st yes. birthday. So I, ha, I really like that movie. And that's a comedy, but it's also like a weird camp film. So um, that's... There's a beverage here, man. Yeah, so just like funny, weird ones. And um, I don't know. And, and being who I am... Uh, very much into social justice stuff like that because how can you not be but yeah. um i tend to be hyper critical of movies now these days which kind of deters me from wanting to see them yeah. like i know la la land just came out and everyone was like really into it but i'm that's... incredibly annoyed that it's about two white people falling in love <laughs> so i decided not to go see it and i know like the guys like into jazz music or whatever but from what i've heard and read because i like to read um like he's into jazz music and he's like hanging out with all these black musicians and he's a white guy so why couldn't it have been a black male lead you know so that's those are the true. kinds of things that like 
deter me from wanting to see movies, um, which I think is part of the reason why, and also because I live under a rock, so um, might be the other reason why I haven't seen movies, yeah. but college kind of ruined it for me, because I was like, I'm a feminist, and I hate everything. And just to go off of, you know, I mean, they very well could have pulled off Ryan Gosling's character to be an African-American, because, I mean, there, there's a whole new kind of... Uh, you know, aspect with that. I mean, they could have spun it like, you know, oh, you know, he's typecast. Because, well, I, you know what? I take that back because he wasn't the actor. He was the musician. But you can even typecast musicians be like, oh, you know, you can only do hip-hop or rap music where this guy was kind of out of the norm and wanted to do jazz. And so, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of, so they very well could have done that. And, you know, it's, um, and just kind of have a different kind of strife be portrayed. So Yeah, but so, but I is, mean... And, you know, I will say about La La Land, it was just like, oh, my God, it was it's so amazing. The only thing that saved it was the end, was that final song where they kind of, like, went over, um, like, summarized the entire movie of this kind of, like, relationship and everything of what could have been and everything like that. Without that last hurrah, it would have been, I think, just horrible. Wait, so was La La Land a musical? Sort of. Huh. I, did, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. So, so another thing I like to do is if I hear about a movie that I'm really, really interested in seeing, um, I will just read every single review and article about it and Wikipedia article and plot summary, and I won't actually go see the movie. <laughs> so some, I already know what happens. Yeah, <laughs> so some movies I feel like I have seen them even though I haven't, and one of those would be Get Out. Oh, um, oh, because, yeah. like, I don't like scary movies. Like, I, uh, it's a 100% deal breaker. Like, I don't like scary movies, and I know you're into... Um, you know, the suspense and the mystery thrillers and stuff, so that's going to be kind of like a weird, uh, you know, thing for us to try to reconcile yeah, yeah, during really. this project. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, Get Out came out, and I was like, everyone was like, oh, my God, you have to see it. It's so good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I will be afraid, <laughs> so I don't want to. So I've read every single thing I can get my hands on about it, and now I feel like I've seen that like before. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, like, fine. Like, I just exactly. want to read, you, I guess. You put so. the pieces together in your head. Yeah, like, so I yeah, get it. It's almost like reading kind of like a book or something. Like yeah, exactly. That, you know? yeah. yeah, so... But it, but it kind of annoys people sometimes, because, yeah. like, they'll be talking about a movie, oh, I want to go see that, and I'll, like, sit there on my phone with the it. Wikipedia article yeah. and just be like, oh, Already yeah, well, here's, here's how it ends. <laughs> I ruin it for everyone. Oh, God. So... Morgan. Yeah. yeah. Well, to, to, to the carry off that, too, get out that movie. Okay, so Rotten Tomatoes is the big, you know, oh, yeah, you got yeah. blank, blank percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. That movie got like a 98%. That's really on good. It. So here's what I have a problem with. Fucking the most, like, amazing epic movies of all time, like Gone with the Wind, or, or Say What You Will About It, but by, like, Titanic, or Third uh -huh. Lord of the Rings. I mean, Ben Hur. Just all the, I mean, Braveheart, Gladiator, just all these, you know, Spielberg movies, everything like that, Schiller's List, get, get like, so far ranked down when compared to Get Out. It's just like, really, you're going to rank Get Out better? I mean, I mean I've never seen it, so I'm kind of speaking in ignorance, but it's another thing with, like, Rotten Tomatoes. It's just like, it, it ranks, like, the, the new Wolverine movie, Logan, it, like, got, like, ranked better than, like, these multi, you know, Oscar-winning films. It's just... I don't know. It's but do you think do you think that's because it's a website and so it's like more into like what's popular? That could be, like yeah. and Get Out was really popular, that so it got a higher be. rating. Yeah. Like and Titanic came out in the nineties before there was internet or something. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, if yeah, I remember no, I mean, correctly, <laughs> there was no internet back then. I think that's a I think that's a factor. I know yeah. Do, so. so. But anyway, it just it just kind of rubs me the wrong way that I mean, although that movie is from what I hear just amazing and awesome. Cool. This is the part totally. of the show where I'm trying to think of more movie questions to ask you to 
come up with more time. Do you think Let me ask you a question. Okay, Can okay. you tell me your favorite movie? No, I don't think no. so. Okay. I, I can tell you like several movies I really like, but I don't know if I have a single favorite movie of all time. You passed my test. I passed the test. <laughs> yes. Good. This is going to work out well. All right. Well, so, okay. So, Thomas, you have prepared a list yes. um, of movies that I should have seen. Yes. And we don't know whether or not I have seen them at this point because I've been very tight-lipped about it since you sent me this list. Yes, it's it's almost like the envelope in the Clue board game, Miss Scarlet. Well, I thought you were going to make like an Oscars reference. Or that. <laughs> or Warren Beatty could come Remember out. Remember when the Oscars fucked up? Yeah. Warren Beatty was like, all around, and then La La Land didn't win. Um, so, so what okay. are we going to, yeah, we'll, tell me. We'll go over the list. Okay. If you've seen it, great, we'll pass it. If you haven't seen it, I'll give you a, well, first of all, I'm going to uh, demonstrate my shock and awe. Um, that you haven't seen it, and I'll give a brief summary of what it's about. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, and then we'll decide which one we're gonna watch today. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. So first one on my list is by um, damn it, David Russell, David something. Ah, oh, shit, I forget. Anyway, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. I have not seen Silver Linings Playbook. You have not. No. Okay. All right. Do you have a vague idea of what it's about? Have you heard of it? It's a about I it's about a guy who and a girl and they both have mental health problems yeah. and the guy's married yeah and there's ice skating ice skating no <laughs> dancing dancing yeah. oh close enough. <laughs> close enough good and then um and that's it and then they are in love or something also <laughs> they fall in love and yeah. that's that's what I know about it okay also yeah. it stars two white people that is true but Chris Tucker's in it. I don't know who that is. It's the Rush Hour guy. Come on, Lee. Come on. Okay. Um, okay, so how, anyway, how much did I get wrong? So how much did I get wrong? You got the gist of it. Okay. Uh, basically, yeah, I mean, there's really not much else. You fill in the blanks. Uh, Bradley Cooper has an obsession with his ex-wife, and Jennifer Lawrence is kind of, like, using him for a dance routine with... Oh, so he's not married. Well, he is married. I think it was like an ex-wife. They're going through a divorce or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Um, and she's kind of dangling a carrot in front of him saying like, hey, if you do this dance routine, I'll get a letter to your wife because apparently there's like a restraining order. Okay. Okay. So What's your next movie? Next movie is Moonrise Kingdom. I've seen that one. Okay. So next on the list, Internal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. I have seen that one. Good movie. Charlie Kaufman. I have seen that one. All right. All right. Good one. All right. Pan's Labyrinth. I've seen Pan's Labyrinth, seen and that's interesting because that's actually like spooky. Yeah, I'm movie. surprised that Guillermo del Toro or whatever. Or See, I even know the name of the guy that did it. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Wow, look at you. I know, I'm so wow. Good. Um, and I liked it. It okay. was a spooky yeah. movie that I liked. So that's that shit scares me. The guy with he puts the yeah, eyes that's in his my hands favorite guy like, with the eyes and the, yeah, the, the he eyes. He like hands. eats the fairies. Just yeah, like eats their head. It's scary shit. Yeah, that was a creepy fucking movie, but I liked it. Okay. Next movie, Gladiator. Okay, I, so this is a good question. So I have seen it, but I've seen it one time. So okay. are we counting those? If you have no recollection of them, maybe. All right, well, we'll table it, because I have a we'll bit, I, I think I do have a little bit. Okay, so next one, Adaptation. No. Okay, I thought that was a typo in the list you sent me. I've never, <laughs> I've never even heard of it. I think you'd like it with the creative process and everything. It's it's the weirdest movie ever. It's actually the same writer as Internal Sunshine Spotless Mind. Oh. Charlie Kaufman writes about himself 
portrayed by Nicolas Cage and his twin trying to write the movie adaptation. You know what that is? Arrow Burrows. No, it's meta. It's exactly That's what meta is. It's meta. That's so meta. extremely meta. Okay, one of my top ten favorite movies. Oh, God. Birdman. So that's cheating, because you already knew that I haven't seen that movie. I, well, you but you put it on the it. list anyway. You could have watched it. So, no, I have not seen Birdman. It is about, this is what I, I believe it's about, is sure. a guy that was a superhero in real life, but then now he's not, but now they're making a movie about him and he's starring in the movie about him being a superhero, which is also meta. Which is meta, but not necessarily But I was wrong. But there are <laughs> meta undertones to okay. this thing, so... He is basically playing an actor who, like, in the 80s or 90s, played, like, a superhero. Okay. And now he, he's kind of washed up and everything like that, and he wants to um, basically make kind of more of an artsy play. He doesn't actually have superpowers. Well. <gasps> is there a supernatural ending? Perhaps. Oh, my God. Perhaps. Oh, you've got me hooked. Oh, the ending's amazing with Emma Stone just, like, looking up. Oh, God, it's amazing. You have me hooked. Okay. Okay. All right. What do we got here? What's the next one? Up in the Air. I have not seen that one. That one is about... Wait, are you surprised? Well, no. Oh, okay. It's... I feel like very few people know of this movie. I remember... I wanted... I wanted to see it. Okay. When... It came out. I saw the previews. What I think it is about is George Clooney is a airplane pilot, and he <laughs> flies around and has sex with people. <laughs> uh, no. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so George Clooney does fly. Okay. He does have uh, sexual relations on his journeys. I was right. Well, more like just one. But oh. anyway, um, anyway, so his job is to fire people. And um, this, like, young, like, Ivy League girl just out of college comes in and wants to, like, completely reshape the business and just have it do all online. And George Clooney's character doesn't like that because he likes to be away from his family, like, away from home. He likes traveling. Okay. And so now this girl is being like, hey, we want to take that away from you. And George Clooney's like, oh, I ain't going to have him. Um, so he takes this, uh, it's Anna Kendrick. Um, takes, oh, I like her. Yeah, takes, takes her along and um, basically kind of shows her the ropes and says, hey, Firing somebody is a really personal thing. You so I so here's my question: Anna Kendrick and George Clooney, do they fuck? Big time. No, oh. Joke, I'm joking. oh, they don't do that in the movie. <laughs> no, oh, okay. okay. Next one. Next one. Inception. I've seen Inception. You've seen Inception. I saw Inception in theaters. Okay, good. That's the only way to see it. I'm doing good with this yes, list. I'm very I'm surprised. I'm very proud. Of you. I'm very surprised that I'm doing so well. Okay, and then the last one was your birthday theme. The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski, yeah. Very okay. good movie. Those are the types of movies that I like. So, what's going to happen now? So, now what's going to happen is I have thought about this, and I will choose a movie. And that... Oh, which one do I choose? I don't know. I'm choosing Adaptation. Adaptation. Yeah, we're okay, watching good. Adaptation. Okay, I think you'll like it. All right. I think you'll like it. So, let's go. Boom. She hates me. She's disappointed. I could see it in her eyes when we met. I've got to stop sweating. Oh, she looked at my hairline. She thinks I'm bald. She's thinking I would never in a million years sleep with this guy. We think you're great. Oh, thanks. Wow, that's, that's nice to hear. To begin, coffee would help me think. Coffee and a muffin. 
going up to Santa Barbara this Saturday, and I, I was wondering. Oh. I'm sorry. So I'll just be right back with your pie then. Drum roll, please. I'm gonna be a screenwriter, like you. I'm putting in a chase sequence. So the killer flees on horseback, cops after them on a motorcycle. And it's like a battle between motors and horses, like technology versus horse. Susan, we would really like to option this. You want to make it into a movie? I want to know what it feels like to care about something passionately. John LaRoche is a tall guy, sharply handsome. The book has no story. There's no story. Make one up. Okay, we open with LaRoche. No, we open at the beginning of time. Okay, we open with LaRoche. Crazy white man. We open on Charlie Kaufman. Fat, bald, ugly, paces. I've written myself into my screenplay. That's kind of weird, huh? I guess we thought that maybe Susan and LaRoche could fall in love. I just don't want to ruin it by making it a Hollywood thing. It's like I don't want to cram in sex or guns or car chases or characters overcoming obstacles to succeed in the end. She's crying. What's she hiding from? I think you actually need to speak to this woman to know her. People find love, people lose it. Every day, someone somewhere takes a conscious decision to destroy someone else. Play me. Oh, I think I should play me. Under pressure. Under pressure. Okay, so we, uh, by podcast magic, just quote unquote finished watching adaptation. Yes. Um, and now this is the part of the podcast where we're going to review it. We review, we reflect, we share, care, and grow over the majesty of film. Share, care, and grow. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. The majesty of the cinema. So, we saw it. It was amazing. What did you think? Because you had never even heard of this movie. Yeah, I didn't even know if it was a real movie or not. Like, I thought maybe you sent me a typo or something. Like I was adaptation. Yeah, I just, like, didn't know. Um, no, it was good. It was very good. Um, I, uh, I did enjoy it. I liked how meta it was. It was very, very meta. Self- That's the only way I'm going to be able to use that word correctly. It was self-referential, yes, which I appreciated. Um, and I liked how, uh, this is going to sound weird, but I really liked how, uh, Nicholas Cage's, or the character of Charlie Kaufman, uh, like fucking hated himself. Yeah. Because I can relate to that <laughs> in yeah. a really messed up kind of way. Yeah. But um, like the whole the whole voiceover over bit um, about you know just like his whole internal dialogue, like people that are going through that sort of like rough, like depressed kind of time. Like I can absolutely relate to what that feels like and what that sounds like for real. So yeah. um, I thought that was very real. Um, and you could really see kind of like the rawness. But what's interesting about this movie is I feel like it doesn't really work unless you know the backstory of the production. Like, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? Well, yeah. So it's, I mean, they have a lot of scenes in which the film being John Malkovich uh, was, was in there. And for somebody who didn't know that movie existed or whatever, you see these weird scenes. You're like, what the hell is going on? Raising my hand. Yeah. And, and a lot of people haven't seen that movie. Yeah. That, that was the kind of, that was the movie that put Charlie Kaufman kind of on the map because it was just such such, such an odd movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go into that later, but yeah, yeah. I mean, but as you were saying, the whole very meta and uh, 
And what other word was used in that? The Ouroboros or whatever. It was Ouroboros. The, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the snake eating itself. You know, very, yeah. very much like that because you know you see uh, that movie and it kind of plays into that. But um, but yeah, other than that, um, I forget what your question was. Oh, <laughs> so. my question was just that um, that this movie kind of loses its context unless you actually know the backstory yeah. of its creation. Like, do yeah. you feel that way? or Yeah. Because I actually, I and uh, pulling back the curtain here on our podcast, Magic, I watched it a second time mm-hmm. away from our recording studio with my wife, and I was explaining a bunch of the backstory of the production to my wife so that uh-huh. she understood what the fuck was actually going on. <laughs> so um, that was... You know, so then I had my, found myself having to explain it a little bit. Uh-huh. Like, okay, well, he, Charlie's real. Donald's not actually real. Yeah. Um, you know. Because I remember as we were watching it, I, you know, while the credits were rolling at the very beginning. Yeah. I kind of gave you that backstory yeah. and everything mm-hmm. like that. And then so. later I looked it up because I needed to know, like, what uh-huh. the whole thought process was. So why don't we do, like, a little bit of a synopsis for people that are listening that haven't watched it, maybe? Okay. Like me? Yeah. So, basically, it's about um, this guy, this real guy, Charlie Kaufman, who's a screenwriter, and he gets hired to write an adaptation. Yes. Oh, that's what it's called. More meta. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, Of a book called The Orchid Thief. So, now we have three things going on. Yeah. um, Which is about, so now we're going another level deeper. Uh Um, The guy is writing, or sorry, the book The Orchid Thief was written by a lady about another guy who steals orchids from the wildlife preserve in Florida. And so it's about that real basic, right? Uh-huh. So then Charlie Kaufman's writing an uh, adaptation into a movie, and this is the story of how he had to adapt that book, uh-huh. and he basically just went crazy adapting the book because... Um, yes, a uh, uh, big writer's block yeah because it was hard i guess yeah <laughs> so and then the other thing so tell me the thing about donald kaufman because I, I just like i referenced it but like explain that for so a yeah okay so donald kaufman it's 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 odd how he was able to pull this off uh, so charlie kaufman's a real guy and donald kaufman is his fictional twin brother yes. in the film and he uh, he writes him into the screenplay um and i think this uh this was incorporated after um because the whole movie is basically a development of, yes, how he's writing the script. But again, with the whole kind of, you know, snake eating itself and what have you, it, you know, he is writing the experience and the experience is like reflecting the writing process or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, he ultimately writes himself, Charlie Kaufman writes himself into his initial screenplay. And I think just, you know, him personally, he's like, wow, this is just terrible. He's, he's writing this screenplay that has all these just rookie mistakes, and he feels like he needs to like personify him with a, a twin brother, and mm-hmm. with all of his self-loathing and just self-hatred that he has for himself, he almost just kind of funnels this kind of pathetic or whatever you know shit into uh, his twin brother. And oddly enough and ironically enough, he, the twin brother, is the one who actually has that happiness, that ignorance is yeah. bliss, that even success, even um, you know for. Writing the three or whatever, yeah, uh, which is a split personality brother or whatever. So and so that was kind of something that I picked up on. That I want to know what your thought was. This uh-huh. is like a half-formed thought that I had, but like, okay, so he, so Charlie Kaufman, the screenwriter, wrote a fake twin brother into this kind of autobiographical movie, yeah. um, and then the fake twin brother writes a movie 
about about split, split personalities. personalities. Yeah, and Charlie Kaufman was writing basically about his split personality mm-hmm. of like putting all of his self living yeah into this brother yeah. who then writes about split personalities. So like, uh-huh. what's your take? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Or like, yeah. do you have any? So I I think what because Charlie Kaufman is I mean he's known and this is a, a good example of these very kind of complicated stories and I think ultimately what he wanted he had to do with adapting this book is to get really simple and and I feel like that his twin brother writing what he wrote and you know going to these classes uh, that taught screen screenwriting he yeah. had to get down to kind of the basics uh, to really you know focus and, and to adapt this uh, this book so I feel like that might be a um, I don't know kind of a, a reflection of that but um, but yeah I, I, I thought it was I thought it was good how he he used all the all the things that he didn't want to do you know um, and just kind yeah. of went back to the, the principles of, of writing but anyway yeah it's 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 it's, it's weird because it just it, it, there's so many there, there's so many levels and depths to this, yeah. this movie that it's it's hard to fully evaluate. But, I didn't realize how how deep like yeah how many levels there would be. You really yeah you don't like think I wasn't that. expecting and, that and, yeah and yeah. I, and I always and I think I was even mentioning to you in the movie you know he when he first is talking to the uh, the uh, production lady or whatever um, the executive Tilda Swinton yeah know, he, he's saying you know I don't want this to be the classic you know the stereotypical screenplay I don't want you know, car chases or love stories or, yeah. you know, profound life lessons learned at the end. I don't want the flowers to be made into drugs. And, and sure enough, exactly. you see exactly. That's exactly um, how it ends. And, and I kind of hated and loved the ending because of that. Like, yeah. I hated it because it was stereotypical and terrible yeah. and, you know, and whatever. And I was like, I was mad. So yeah. I was like, well, it didn't have to be like this. But um, then on the other hand, like, yeah, it did. Like, yeah. there was no other way for it to end because mm-hmm. it had to end in this most stereotypical way. And yeah. then it even... It even goes further into that stereotype because in the very end, he's like, "Oh yeah, Robert McKee says don't do voiceovers." Uh-huh. And he's like, "Oh fuck it, he's I'm like, doing a voiceover. It. It's yeah. gonna work. I think this is gonna be good." Yeah, yeah so and then it was. And yeah. so it's like that's so. Yeah, and yeah. For, for whatever reason, this really doesn't have to do anything with. I just love. I think it's one of the best lines ever. Is when they're getting chased down by the guy with the gun and everything yeah. like that, and they're up against that tree limb. Yeah, and they start talking about girl in middle school or mm-hmm. high school or whatever and um and again it's another reflection of how charlie kaufman you know he's he's too obsessed with himself and again hating himself and being overly cynical and whatever yeah and then donald is really just kind of this ignorance is bliss whatever and you know he was saying that the girl was laughing at him and everything like that he's mm-hmm. like i don't care and i think his line was you know you are what you love yeah not what loves you yeah, and I think I, that's just like a, such a great way to live because it's I mean, so beautiful. There, I mean, there are a number of times where it's just like you know, if if I don't receive you know what I'm giving at at, at certain points, it's just like well, then it didn't happen or or it doesn't count or anything like that. Yeah, but you can't. Or if I if I you know if if I fail at something, you know, then it's just like I I measure my say happiness but i measure my enjoyment of that by how i succeed but that shouldn't be the mm-hmm. case it really is just kind of you know you are you know waiting on you are what you it? are what you, you love, are you are what you love, love not, not who loves you yeah yeah which is loves you or something. yeah and that's yeah. beautiful and that was a very beautiful yeah. heartwarming moment in the yeah. middle of a really weird fucking movie yeah. so that was like and then he dies and then he died and i was <laughs> mad about that i, know, but I guess he had to because because of going back to the split personality thing, Donald had to die because Donald yeah. was the part of his personality that was like, 
you know, fueling this conflict almost, yeah. or kind of, you mm-hmm. know, like he was, he was this part of this personality that was like his, like anti- antagonizing his writer's block almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in order to move past this stage of his life, that part of his personality had to die yeah. and therefore Donald had to die. And like, and oddly enough, when he died, he kind of had, he kind of got past that writer's block and yeah. almost like, you know, he, Donald kind of passed on what he did, you know, to him and yeah. kind of made him, made him break out and write so and finish it yeah. yeah so that's fucking wild yeah it's like so many I levels i know a lot it's such of a good movie i remember just being obsessed with it when it first came out because just like you i had no idea i think i had seen um i had heard of being john malkovich and i was just like what the hell this is an amazing movie which should be on one of our lists or whatever okay yeah i've never seen it or heard it's, of it. it you think that's weird being being john malkovich is fucking weird <laughs> Anyway, no. Um, one criticism I do have. Do tell. This was not a diverse movie. In regards to the entire the cast, cast was white people, yeah. except for some of the supporting Native Americans. Yeah. Who uh, didn't even really play a role because no. it was still about the white guys thing. And so, they were a bunch of just kind of druggies. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is like not great. So, and I mean. I would say, what can you expect from a movie that came out in 2002? But on yeah. the other hand, like, we do need to expect better from yeah. from the people that are creating these stories. So, I mean, there was no reason why any of those characters had to be white people. I really, I um, can't, I'm thinking about it. I really don't know if there was ever, like, an African-American no. during it. Oh, no, no, there wasn't. I paid attention. Yeah. <laughs> no, there wasn't. And, and the only people of color were the Native Americans. Yeah. Um, and they were painted in a bad light. So that yeah. is my criticism okay. because that didn't need to be like that. You know, okay. while it is a really great movie, it's also about like white man problems or whatever, <laughs> like, yeah. and my white privilege and woe is me because I'm a depressed white guy living in LA in a nice fucking house. A very kind of like, like how much do you think the house is? Like a million oh, know, dollars or really, more, right? I mean, right? It was like a you know, like, like God. And, and, and then it was, yeah, it was all very elitist, very uh-huh. kind of New York, LA. Yeah, he's like dating a famous like violinist, like yeah. So, you know, so that was my only criticism, because that's not very real, I guess, yeah. like, like all of that. And, and not to mention that, you know, even though I'm sure that the film industry has, um, you know, is very white, because that's, those are the people that have dominated those stories, uh, like, throughout the last majority of the years, like, this story could have been more diverse. Yeah, it so, really could have, but... So there's that. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, there's no, really not, no, there not, wasn't. not, not anything, huh? 100% no. So, I wanted to give this movie a rating. Okay, was this, like, 1 out of 10? Well, so, I was thinking every, like, you'll just have to roll with it here, every okay. movie is gonna have, like, its own rating system, based okay. on what kind of movie it was, so, okay. for me, I'm gonna give this movie 3 out of five orchids. <laughs> orchids. Okay. Yes, okay. Um, and because for the reasons that I said. Because it's a really good movie, okay. but like I'm very upset and sad about the lack of diversity. Why about that's... focus on the story, no, though? No, I can't, though. Like, I want, like, black, queer, Mexican <laughs> women doing this instead, you know? Okay. And And I think that that is, you know, as we embark on this project... That is going to be one of my main criticisms. Okay. Like, I have a feeling, like, that okay. that might be one of my main criticisms. Because the majority of Hollywood movies are very white, cis, hetero male. So, yeah. um, and that's not really a reflection of the people that I want to hear from. So, yeah. 
true. So okay. that'll be interesting to kind of see how that goes. Yeah. This is the first episode. No. I did like it though. So maybe three, so and, a, three and a half or orchids. Scorsese movies for you. <laughs> no. Three and a half orchids? I'll say three and a half okay. orchids out of five. Let's do, okay. I like that though. I like the clever ranking system of Thank you. the orchids. Thank yes. you. Most definitely. So, one so looks like yeah. a monkey. One looks like a school teacher. Right. <laughs> movie. Yeah. I've literally seen the movie. I remember. Like 15 times. And you like this movie. I do. I really do. You would give it five out of five orchids. I'd give it five out of five orchids and a Florida Black Panther. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Well, I guess that's been that our episode. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll first have episode. another one what, here shortly. I already got my movie list all drafted. Good. Let's see if uh, Mrs. Spatola likes it. We'll see that, but all right, well. Thank you thank for you. listening to this inaugural episode of Academy Outcast. Academy Outcast, yes. I have been your co-host, Morgan Spatola. And I am Thomas Jernigan, and you guys have a very orchid day. Yeah. That's right. All right. <laughs>